I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Yo, what's good? What's happening, Rush Nation? Welcome to episode 91 of Five Yard College. We are only nine episodes away from 100. Ash, I was going to do something extraordinary with that, and it just came out to number nine. It's a new week. We didn't manage to get all of the AP stuff into last week, so here we are doing the top 10 and some Heisman contenders. There is, of course, some news, and there is me being wrong in that news, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But before we get to the news, Ash, how you doing, man? How was your weekend? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, just chilled out. Didn't really do a great deal. Watched the football on Sunday. What about you? You, you had a good weekend. Uh, I, I went to a five-year-old. <clears throat> excuse me, a five-year-old's birthday party. So oh, wow. that was well. It was unlimited candy floss, unlimited okay. um, slush puppies, a bouncy castle, and hot dogs. So it was bananas. All these toddlers, uh, five-year-olds and toddlers, running around juiced up on all the sugar you can imagine. It was uh, it, it was something. Um, I, I'm not sure whether I'm looking forward to my own child's parties when he goes to school, but that's that's a couple of years yet. So I've got a couple of years to. You were out Sunday, great day. The beer was on full flow. I imagine the sun was out, and the Premier yeah. League had an exciting finish. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, it was a sunny day, loads of beers, and yeah, the, the football wasn't half bad either. Very exciting. Well, can't ask can't ask for more than that on a sunny Sunday for the. So, what does that mean for you, football wise? Now, is that you done pretty much soccer wise for? 
the season, or is there still? Yeah, games yeah. You no, we're done. We're done now till uh, we're going to go back in sort of late July, early August. Yeah. So I've got a nice summer break now. Super, yeah. super. We, uh, Rush Nation, we've done no progress towards the five yard showdown, as you can imagine. Ash and I had a pretty busy weekend. So if you're watching the video, Ash has actually just got up out of his chair. So I've closed the window. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want a harmonica incident from last week occurring. No, um, <laughs> yeah, so we will get to the five-yard showdown. We Obviously, this show we had to push from last week, Ash. And as usual, there is more news. News has broken yeah. out throughout the week. We'll get to Jordan Anderson and me being wrong in a little bit, but we're going to start with the Pac-12. And it is they have announced that they'll be scrapping its two-division format for the coming season. They will now match teams with the highest conference winning percentages in the title games after 11 seasons of matching winners from the North and the South. So the announcement came shortly after the NCAA Division One Council tossed out requirements that dictate how football conferences can determine a champion. So we might now see the best two teams from the Pac-12 fighting out for the championship as opposed to winners of the North and South. And it's going to be similar in the SEC that there may be pods and stuff happening over there as well, Ash, coming in the future, right, as opposed to there being two sides. Yeah, I can imagine most will follow suit with this format now. The... uh... Now the the rule has been changed. Obviously, previously it was the uh, the NCAA rule that they had to have two divisional winners to be able to fight out the title. Now, but that, now that's been scrapped. Yeah, I, I can imagine most are going to follow suit with this with this change. Basically, was it last week we talked about it, or did I hear somewhere else? Dash that like of the last eleven seasons, only five of those or eight of those have had teams that wouldn't have been in the top two. Had it been on record, or have I got that, that from was, somewhere else? You got that from somewhere else. Yeah, I think I think it's I good, saw it's good when this news broke. I think it's I think it's eight of the, and I think only five of the Pac-12 championship games have had the teams that were the top two in the records. So the other oh, wow. six games or something like that wouldn't have had the champions of each division had it been based on record. It would have been two from one, I presume, or. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's going to be good for for the playoff rankings as well, I think, isn't it? Because then the better Mm -hmm. teams will have a better chance at getting into the playoff. I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head. Um, But the the following on from that, the Mountain West Conference have done exactly the same thing as the Pac-12 has, and they've announced that they'll be eliminating the two-division format from 2023. The, The conference announced on Friday that the two teams with the highest winning percentage will compete in the league championship game. So the Mountain West following the Pac-12 and the best two teams will be fighting for the belt. Yeah, so Pac-12 are doing it from now, this season. Um, uh, But the Mountain West are delaying it for a year and doing it from 2023. So, I mean, yeah, it it doesn't make much odds for the the Pac-12, but the Mountain West are sticking with their divisions for one more year and then then moving over. Yeah. Let's do some... Go on. I was just going to say, yeah, no, I I was just going to say, I can imagine most... Conferences are going to follow along with this now. Um, the, the, the rule has changed. We've had the first two dominoes fall. I wouldn't be surprised to see most uh, most do that by the uh, by the start of the season. Whether they start it this year or next year, though, is, is another question. So we're going to have definitely, as always, going to Buckeye Corner now. And Ohio State head coach Ryan Day is expected to sign a new two-year deal with the Buckeyes. Ash. 
It's pending approval from the school's board of trustees, but they're going to pay him a total of $9.5 million annually through till 2028. He previously made $7.6 million a year, and the new contract would move Day to tie with Michigan State's Mel Tucker as the highest paid coach in the Big Ten, and probably so it should be, considering he's the best team in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I think once Mel Tucker got his his new contracts, that, that probably, and all the other contracts that have happened in the last couple of seasons, I can imagine Ryan Day was probably knocking on the door saying, where's mine? <laughs> uh, rightly so. Yeah. Um, as you say, they're, they're arguably the well, they are going to be the best team in the in the Big Ten. Obviously, last year didn't didn't work out that way. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not surprised to see him get this sort of deal. And I think that probably that will probably put him relatively high overall um, in terms of in terms of paid coaches. I think from memory, Lincoln Riley's deal at USC is a is over ten mil. I can't remember exactly what it is, um, but he's he's paying been paying more than ten mil. Brian Kelly's just under that. He's going to be around Brian Kelly, and Nick Saban, what level now in terms of uh, contract? And there's, there's two twenty. When's it two twenty twenty eight? Yeah. So he, yeah. So he had a he had a deal till twenty twenty six with them, um, and this is an, now an extension, two extra years and an extra what is it one point nine mil a year, something like that. Yeah, it's probably yeah, change. Point, probably yeah, change. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, Ash, our last bit of news before we do dive into the top 10. Last week, we talked about Jordan Addison uh, and now he'd gone into the portal. Mm-hmm. He'd, he'd worked out with Bryce Young and you said that that was pretty much all that had happened. And I said that that was pretty much all that needed to happen. He was heading over there to be Bryce Young's new new target. There was obviously USC and Texas in the running as well. We said that USC would, you said USC would probably be the landing spot. I said Alabama was a done deal. And lo and behold, the knowledge of the group has prevailed in the fact that Jordan Haddison has announced his transfer to USC, selected the Trojans, as I said, over Bama and Texas. He's going to join Oklahoma transfer Mario Williams and Jerry Rice's son, Brendan Rice, in a new look wide receiver room for Lane Kiffin. Not Lane Kiffin. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lincoln yeah. Riley down in USC. I mean, uh, I'm not, not surprised at all. Uh, we spoke about, when we speak about it last week, uh, everything was pointing towards Texas being the favourites because he'd gone for a visit there. He'd um, spent extra time there. There's a couple of his ex-coaches. I thought it would, I thought Texas would be where he'd ended up. But I suppose looking at what USC and Lincoln Riley are already doing, that's a very interesting program to join with uh, that's definitely going to be on the up this year i mean that that wide receiver room and then caleb williams throw into them it's uh it, it's definitely going to be a team we have to look out for if they can gel quickly which i suspect they will be able to don't they have a star running back as well um what usc yeah haven't they didn't they have they've got travis die they got travis die yeah, from oregon haven't they and he was pretty good when called upon last year. Yes, yeah, yeah, he was. So, yeah, they've not got many weak spots on that on that roster. They've uh, they've done well in the portal. Obviously, Riley <laughs> coming in, they uh, has has brought in some recruits from this year and especially next year, twenty twenty three, when when that recruitment class comes in, they've got a, a whole bunch of five stars coming in. So, yeah, we we need to we need to be on the lookout for them. That's for sure. Yes, we do. Right. 
Last week, Ash, we managed yep. to do 15 of the 25 projected teams. <laughs> We've just about to hit 10 minutes into the podcast. We've only got 10 teams to talk about, but as we said last week, they are the big 10 to talk about. So with that being said, would you like to go first or second? Um, I think you went first last week, so I will go first this week. Okay. And we are kicking off the 10 with probably the most surprising so the so most surprising ranking and that's Auburn from the SEC. We'll see very up and down last year, six and seven, three and five in the SEC. They really struggled in the SEC against some teams, but 10 is high for me. And I think it will probably be high for most people. This is the one, one of two, one, the one selection and a non-selection that really surprised me when I saw these ESP, ESPN rankings to see Auburn at 10. I would still have them in my 25, definitely. I think they've got enough on that on that roster to to warrant a 25 top 25 ranking, but putting them in at 10 is, is incredibly high, in my opinion. They've got Zach Calzada coming in from Texas A&M, the transfer. They've got TJ Finley, who is in his second year and impressed when he relieved... Um, Bo Nix last season, Tank Bigsby, obviously the running back, one of the top running backs in the class. But it's not a it's not a team that jumps out at you and you expect greatness from. Um, even even at this early stage, in a, an SEC conference that's arguably the best and toughest conference in the in the country, I'm just really surprised to see them here. Yeah, I, I just was looking at their schedule. Uh, yes, they do not have an easy schedule. <laughs> I mean, even that out of conference, they've got San Jose, San Jose State from the Mountain West, who are a tough team. They've shown the last couple of years that they are right up there with the other teams. And then Penn State Week Three, one of the top teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, so it's a they've got a horrible schedule, and they've got Western Kentucky, another out of conference game towards the end of the year. And they they've shown last year how good they can be. Yes, obviously Western Kentucky <laughs> lost Bailey's at, but there's no easy games there, barring their first game of the season against Mercer. They're they're no. in, they're in for a tough year. Yeah, and then Brian Harson's gonna is gonna have a tough job living up to this expectation that, that at least the SPN upon them. Yeah, I mean that they after the Penn State game they then face Missouri, and then they face LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi. So, the in terms of their, as I said about their their roster, like I've mentioned Bigsby and and Calzada coming in. I think the 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 line, the offensive line, is something that needs to be addressed. It it struggled at times. That that definitely needs improvement this year. And I think it's a relatively, I think most of the, if not all of them, are returning. So from from last year, so they they really need to take a step up. Um, uh, they're, they're a good defensive side. They've got um, Owen Pope, who's arguably their best, arguably their best linebacker now that McLean's gone. I think he'll he'll command that defense. And that, but they're a good unit. There's no one really that stands out when you look at the Auburn defense and goes, yeah, he's a he's a he's a world 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 beater. But they're they're a good solid unit. So I think they'll be fine on the defensive side. It's just the it's the offensive side that that is slightly concerning outside of Bixby and obviously remains to be seen from whichever court, whichever quarterback starts because Zach Cazard is not locked in as the, as, as the starter here. TJ Finley could, could win the job. He's got the experience there. They've yep. also got, they transferred another, they transferred an Oregon, uh, Robbie Ashford from Oregon, the freshman. He, well, 
redshirt freshman this season. He's there, and they got true freshman in um, uh, Holden Gearner. So there's there's lots of competition for the quarterback. It's not Calzada's job at the moment. I think he's probably favourite, but there's definitely some uh, big names there and and big talent, especially from the younger guys that could that could step up and take his place before he even gets it. Yeah, it's definitely something to watch going forward. It isn't locked in, like you say. The next ranking, Ash, is Pittsburgh, the Panthers at nine. Do you think this perhaps changes if this was a live ranking, if with Jordan Addison gone? Because obviously that is a a big loss for the offense. Massive. But but not only that, they've obviously lost the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers' new quarterback in Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Um. Addison is a huge loss, uh, most definitely. I think, obviously, Pickett going is going to affect them. He ran this defense so well and was and hit alongside Addison was really the difference maker in them in them winning the, the ACC last year. But they yeah. have brought Keaton Slovis in from USC, who is a very capable quarterback. I'm not as concerned about Slovis being under center and replacing Pickett as I would have been if he hadn't have gone there. Jordan Addison is a huge loss. Um, they have got Jared Wayne, who who has been Addison's number two, who I think could step up and be and be their number one. It's just whatever weapons is there around them. This is now that Addison's gone, maybe it is a bit high. I mean, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. They've got a young they've got a young defense that that performed well at times last year, but a lot of their game revolved around Pickett and Addison. Because their 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 run game wasn't great. That their run game is going to have to improve if they want to com- not only compete for the ACC again, but but justify this top ten ranking. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, we we know Pitt of being a sort of defensive run the ball kind of team, mm. and last year was obviously very different with Kenny Pickett slinging the rock as much as he did. Do we bet we don't really see such a swing in college football when a player isn't playing for the team like Jordan Anderson leaving as we do perhaps in the NFL and and winning percentage odds and stuff like that because of how big the rosters are and like you mentioned people willing to step up so I don't know whether Jordan Addison obviously is a huge loss but is he as big a loss as perhaps the slide in the rankings may suggest I don't know it'll be interesting to see in a few months time how they move and, and what happens with that regard yeah I, I don't know. I think, uh, of course, Addison is going to be a, is going to be a big loss for them. Um, but they do have some capable, as I said, backups. Jared Wayne can step up as the one. They got um, Mumfield, the transfer. I can't remember where they they picked him up from, but he Canate um, Mumfield is is transferred in. So they've got they've got capable wide receivers there. And as I say, I think Keaton Slovis. He, he will, he will be able to replace what Pickett gave them last year, and I think he will do just a good a job because this the, the offensive line is good there. It's a it's a well run offense with the offensive coordinator as well. As long as Slovis can pick up this, the, the, the pick up the offense quickly, I, I will, I'm not too concerned. I think I'd be I'd be surprised if they finish top ten come the end of the year uh, in the rankings. I think they'll still compete for the ACC. There's, there's not a great deal of competition really in that conference at the moment, 
barring the barring the big guys. So I, I would be very surprised to not see them there again um, come the end of the year. Fair enough. Um, eight, we have Oklahoma Sooners from the Big 12. They finished 11-2 and two last year, 7-2 and two in the Big 12. Obviously, Lincoln Riley's gone. Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler have gone. Uh, they got Brett Venables from Clemson, wasn't it? Is that? Yep. Yeah. So he obviously Brett Brett um, Venables has come in. I like him as a as a head coach. I'm 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 intrigued to see what he can do with this basically new look Oklahoma with 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 everything they've lost. Obviously, Dylan Gabriel's transferred in from UFC. Um, um, Where's Dylan Gabriel? Where did he come UCF. from? UCF. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love that pickup by them. I think he is a brilliant replacement for Rattler and and Caleb Williams. I have absolutely no concerns about that at UCF. He was he was quality, so no issues there for me at all. Um, obviously, yes, UCF's competition compared to what he's going to see in the Big Twelve is a step up, but. It still doesn't concern me. I think it's going to do him a world of good when he eventually leaves and, and enters the draft because he was being highly rated at US uh, at UCF. So now he's gone to Oklahoma. If they if he can impress this year and they can impress this year, that's that's going to do him a world of good. I think obviously wide receivers absolutely fine. Marvin Mims, one of the best wide receivers in 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 football at the moment. Uh, yeah. Fear Weiss behind him. Uh, Drake Stoops is there as well. I'm not concerned on really any of the aspects of the, of the um, offense because yeah, there's, there's, there's no real concern there. Um, they brought in here. They brought in a running back from TCU. Is it TCU? Mm, Eric Gray. Where yeah. did Eric Gray come from? Is he from Tennessee? TCU? You might be he, right there. He, he yeah, yeah. So he came from. Yeah, they got they they transferred in Eric Gray from Tennessee as well, who is a more than capable um, running back to replace Kennedy Brooks. He's like three uh, times Mister Tennessee, I think, Mister Football Award in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, a high school football player. Offensively, despite what they've lost, um, the the two quarterbacks, Michael Woods. Jaden Hasselwood and Mario Williams, all, all the wide receivers have gone. I'm not that concerned about their offense, and to be honest, their their defense is is pretty. I mean, their defense struggled at times last year. That was one of the barring obviously Spencer Rattler's struggles at the start of the year. Their defense was something that did struggle at times, in particular in their secondary. I think they've done a these guys are going to be a year older now. I can't see a, a start like they had last year happening again. So this ranking is about right for me with, there's a lot of question marks about how people are going to perform, but I'm not, I'm not too concerned by them. I think this is, this is a pretty solid, solid area for them to be. And I'd be very surprised if we don't see them challenging for the big 12 this year. I, I, I actually think there's sneaky upside of Oklahoma. I think you're right in your analysis of if, what's, and maybes, but I think the offense could be could be really good if if Mims can uh, and Gray can stay fit and healthy, uh, and I think the defense with Venables could be could be really high upside in the way Venables plays defense. So I think Oklahoma could be a sneaky upside play for for even the football playoffs, perhaps if they play well enough throughout the season. I'd, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you there. I think they are they're definitely with with a shout of that. I think you're right. Venables 
was one of the best, if not the best, defensive coordinators in the nation at Clemson. Yeah. So he's going to pick up this defense that, that struggled at times last year. And I think he's going to improve what he's got there without making too many changes. They've not brought in a great deal of transfers for the defensive side. No. But I'm, I'm, I'm confident that, that he can do a job there. And yeah, we, we do need to look out for Oklahoma this year, definitely. Let's go to seven, the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah. Playoff team last year. Finally broke that duck. Got the win over over the, the Buckeyes, Ash. We're probably not likely to see that again <laughs> this season. <laughs> that obviously they were only they finished third last year, a twelve and two record. But what do we what do we think of Michigan this year compared compared to Michigan last year? Obviously it was completely new look Michigan last year. Uh, Harbaugh did a great job in revamping the staff and the way he managed the sidelines and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean he's had to do it again this year though, hasn't he? With, exactly. Um, <laughs> Josh Gattis going to Miami. Obviously him almost leaving to go to the NFL. That that of course didn't happen and he's been paid handsomely for staying. But yeah. that that was a that was a a turbulent time as soon as the season finished for that to happen to Michigan. And, and staff sorry. Go on, I was carry on with the staff. What are you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say I think the as as you said, the the replacements last year were a marked improvement on what we saw and they've brought in I don't they they've got co-offensive coordinators now haven't they to replace yeah. guys they've got um more from he well, more is more was has come has been promoted and I think have they promoted both of them don't know probably let's have a quick look I'm pretty sure their new offensive coordinators their co-offensive coordinators were already there yeah, so Sharon Moore, the tight ends, was the tight end coach, and Matt Weiss was the quarterbacks coach. So they've they've stepped in as new new coordinators. They've also got a new defensive coordinator as well, Jesse Minter. So again, it's all changed. Uh, it's another year of change on the uh, on the staffing side, and that's before we even speak about the uh, the <laughs> yeah the actual I mean, players. I mean, Jesse Minter's got himself a serious challenge when you think you've got you've got to replace Aiden Hutchinson and uh, David yeah. Jobo. And not only that, you're then replacing the safety Dax Milne. Dax Milne? Yeah. No, Daxton no. Um, Hill. Daxton Hill, yeah. Um, it just, when you look at the people, they could, is it, they could only return three defensive starters from the team mm. that played so well on defence last year. Yeah. It's, no, not only that, um, the two running backs have both gone as well. It's. I just don't know how Michigan can be at seven when you've got a team like Oklahoma at eight, which have a lot more pieces returning. Yeah. With Venables, and then you've got Michigan. I think this is almost riding on the coattails of last year when, yes, all right, Cade McNamara and JJ McCarthy are both back at quarterbacks, but I, who else? Who else? Yeah. Is there? I mean, they've got. They've got. They. Uh, you say they've lost the. Um the running backs, but they, they've obviously kept Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards who were, were solid last year. I'm really, I'm a massive fan of Donovan Edwards, obviously stepping into his second year. I think he can take a massive step up. Yeah. I think you are right. There is maybe a bit of um, a, a lot more expectation from last year. Um, the, I guess the, the I quarterback guess forgotten Ronnie Bell as well, obviously with the injury he had last year. Yeah. He, he's yeah. back for his fifth year. He's taken the option to play his fifth year. That that, that could be a... We could see a, as long as Bell rehabs from his ACL, 
he's one of the best receivers in college football, and that could be sneaky upside for for their offense. Yeah, I think JJ uh, on that offense as well. I think JJ McCarthy is going to be their starter. Cade McNamara has never really taken a step forward from what we've seen from him. He's more of a game manager. He's, uh, but JJ McCarthy came in last year as a five-star recruit, and he didn't really get a lot of time. Um, he got a few. He got a few plays here and there, and obviously against Georgia, he, he threw a touchdown pass when the game was already dead and gone. But I, I like what I've seen from his from his early tape and and what he's shown at spurts already. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to see it. Well, as an Ohio State fan, I'm not, but as a as a college <laughs> football fan, I am looking forward to seeing what JJ McCarthy can do when he takes over on the uh, on the as the quarterback. In terms of the rest of it, you're right, Ronnie Bell, um, Cornelius Johnson still there, wide receiver. There's some good pieces here. It is what can they replace on that defense because their defense was so good last year, and they've lost every, pretty much everybody. It's yep. going to be it's it's going to be a massive challenge for them to to rebuild that. They have done well with their recruitment. They brought in Will Johnson, the defense, uh, the DB, and Derek Moore, both start five-star recruits on the Derek Moore D end, who will hopefully try and replace <laughs> Daxton Hill and and the obviously the two edges that um, Hutchinson and Ajobo. It's going to be difficult to do that, but bringing in those five-star recruits is going to is going to is going to help definitely if they can if they can settle in quick enough but yeah the defensive side of it is the real big question mark of just how much they lost yep six is another big 12 it's texas longhorns this time obviously they really struggled last year and um five and seven overall record three and six in the big 12 i'm not despite the struggles they had last year i'm not surprised to see them sat here obviously quinn ewers is a massive pickup from them he is an exceptional talent. Yeah, but we haven't seen him play college football. We haven't football. seen him play college football, you're right. But I've seen him enough from high school to know how good a player, how good a quarterback this kid can be. There's a reason that he declared early and that Ohio State went hard to get him. It's a massive loss for, for Ohio, I think, in the long run. They're probably not going to be too concerned with the replacements that they've, that they've got coming in. But Quinn Ewers is an exceptional talent. He just needs to. Uh, he just needs to to do it on the field now. Obviously, Hudson Card's still there as well. Before he got hurt last year, he 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 had a great year. Uh, that's going to be a very intriguing battle to who 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 is the number one starter for these team for this team at quarterback. I think Hudson Card will probably start at the Ooh. start of the season, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Ewers take the take the job pretty pretty quickly maybe i don't know and in the uh in, in the preseason and maybe we see quinn ewers take it for the first game of the season but it is it is definitely a battle hudson Card's the established quarterback there at the moment so it's not going to be a case of you as just walking in and taking that job that's for sure it, the, it could be i was just going to say looking at the schedule there it could be card starting and ewers gets the job after week two yeah, because uh, don't they play? Don't they play Alabama in week two? Yeah, they do. So it's got Alabama week two. Um, they might want to uh, save the young gun until after. Yeah, maybe, Alabama. maybe it'll be a bit of a trial by fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
obviously we're focused on the quarterback here with Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card, but I mean this offense is 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 stacked. Best running back in 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 college, be Jam Robinson. I think I don't think anyone can argue with that. Robinson being the best running back, an absolute electric wide receiver in Xavier don't, Worthy. Don't 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 know. <laughs> But yeah, um, Xavier yeah, Worthy. Worthy is 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 unbelievable. They transferred in um, Isaiah Neal from Wyoming as well, who's going to be a great number two. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a very is it's a very exciting offense, regardless of who's under center. They've also brought in um, Jalal Billingsley from from Alabama, the tight end, who is essentially just a massive wide receiver playing as tight end. <laughs> but he has yet to live up to the expectation that was put on him. But there might be a little bit less expectation at Texas than there probably was at Alabama. So that's going to be very interesting to see how he settles in there. And they need to improve on the defense. It, it's It struggled last year. The defense was one of their key issues. Um, a lot of these guys have come back. I think I, I'd hope to see improvements. The secondary, they brought in some transfer. Ryan Watts from Ohio State has come in. Um, they already had, uh, I can't remember what the um, free safety is they've got there. Um, let's have a look. Jaron Thompson, obviously he's he's still there. They also brought in um, Terrence Brooks as well from, where did they bring Terrence Brooks in from? Let's have a look. It's beyond me. I don't. I want to say Florida, but I can't help you out here. Sorry, no, silly. No, sorry, they haven't brought in. I swear they brought in Terrence Brooks. I'm looking at the wrong one. Uh, <laughs> There's a Terrence Brooks in Baltimore. That's why I'm get. That's why it's not showing me the right person. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's not even the same game, Ash. <laughs> no, no, I know. No, no, I know. Oh, sorry, he's a freshman. Sorry, yes, yeah, so the freshman Terrence Brooks has come in. I've... But they've got a, they've they they have to improve on their defense if they want to if they want to compete in in the Big Twelve. I, I'm I'm more than happy with their with their offense. I think that's gonna that's gonna be one of the best offenses in this conference. It's the it's the it's the defense that needs to take a step up this year. Absolutely right. We get to number five mm. and. It's one of the two teams coming over to Dublin, I think, for the... Isn't it? It's yeah, Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah, Notre Dame, Northwestern is one of them, yeah. Yeah, that... Do you think about that, Ash? Think about tickets to that game? Not, not Dublin, no. Well, if it like, was in... I've got to get a plane over there and it's it's a lot of travel. If it was in the UK, uh, probably. I'm in the middle of nowhere, remember, so to get into London takes like four hours, so I'll have to get up to, yeah, but you surely you can fly to Dublin. I can fly from Bristol, yeah. Yeah. But that's still two hours from me. And then the flight. Man, you are in the middle of nowhere. I am in the middle of the sticks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm worried about moving house to about 10 minutes past outside of London where I am and you're, you are. That is sticky. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the Irish at five were eighth last year, 11-2 last year, had a really, really good season. Obviously, Brian Kelly, most winningest coach in fighting Irish history has left they replaced him with Marcus Freeman who did very well at the game he stood in knows the team very well they've brought in some important coaching additions 
look to get the most out of their skill positions, but they do face your Buckeyes week one, Ash, and I don't know much more about the fighting Irish from what's happened off-season. I know Chris Tyree, their running back, is currently injured and has not done a lot of spring training, so that's not good. But otherwise, quarterback battle, Drew Pine, Tyler Buckner, what's happening there? It's just, there's a lot of question marks with this Notre Dame team. Yeah, there is. Um, new new coach, as you say, that there is definitely a battle between Buckner and and, and Pine. Um, I don't know. It's difficult. It's really difficult to say who's going to who's going to win that job. Pine has had Pine has got a has got the extra year over um, over Buckner in this offense, but we've seen at times that that doesn't make a difference. I really couldn't tell you who's going to who's going to win out there. It, <laughs> they they lost arguably their two key pieces on the on the offensive side. Obviously, Kevin Austin, the wide receiver, has gone. As is Kyron Williams, the, the the running back. Yeah, it's a lot of question marks on this on this team. Um, yeah, I think the uh, the defense. They again, obviously, Carl Hamilton, massive loss, but they brought in Brandon Joseph from Northwestern. The safety, who I really like, I, I he's rated highly in my in my in my initial rankings. Um, so I don't, to be honest, I don't think they're going to miss much of a much of a beat from losing Hamilton to to replacing him with Joseph. It's the how can this new coach and staff gel this team and 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 get them on their page? And as you say, Ohio State first game of the season is is a tough game. To, to to start with and mm-hmm. it's probably it could well be the the way that the setter for this year they're not playing in Ireland this year it's it's 2023 they go there they've got the navy um northwestern nebraska is this year's oh, game oh yeah of course sorry my apologies yeah i was just looking at their schedule and couldn't see it no they're 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 they're, they're, they're there next year there's a lot of young talent on this offense and defense but it's very question marks in a lot of areas and a new coach and staff five seems high but northwestern sorry um notre dame just with the independent them being an independent program it always it always helps them when it comes to their ap rankings because obviously they they avoid the in-conference games but their schedule as a whole this year is actually really tough as as we've already said they start at ohio state they play unc byu um they have to travel to clemson they've got usc they've got some big games this year so if they if they can win those games then they they are deserving of this top five spot but yeah i'm not sure it's going to be a, it's going to be a good year for notre dame on the on the face of it with uh, with the other teams around them strengthening and then these guys going through I wouldn't say a rebuild, that's the wrong word, but a, a transitional year, potentially. Agree. Agree. We are into the top four, which if it ended now would be the, the college playoff teams. No real surprises here, but at number four is Clemson of the ACC. They finished with ten, a 10-3 record and a 6-2 ACC record last year. As I said, really not surprised to see them here. Clemson are always one of the big teams. 
they've not really got many question marks apart from maybe at the quarterback. I'm still not sold on DJ Wangalele. That's uh yeah, he's just not really last year he seemed to really struggle at times and I was really surprised to see that. Um they I mean they struggled across the whole offense. They were second worst offense in the ACC last year. Yep. And that is crazy to 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 hear when you hear Clemson and then second worst in, in the ACC in terms of offense. They have, of course, lost Brett Venables, their defensive coordinator. As I said earlier, one of the best defensive coordinators, if not the best in the in the nation. Um, I'm not surprised to see them at four. They are still one of the top teams in the country. They have got talent all over the field. Uangalele is a question mark, but Pretty much everywhere else, they've got top-tier talent. Will Shipley, the second-year running back, he had an incredible freshman year, and I can I only expect him to take a step forward. Yoangalele is in big trouble because they've got Cade Klublik, the five-star freshman, now in, and I think he's going to push him from day one. They also got Hunter Helms, the second-year um, quarterback, who came in, I think he was four-star last year. So he's also there. So Uangalele has not got a lot of uh, breathing room this year like he, he, he had last year. But the, the rest that Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, I don't think he's got any. I think I think because of the way we've seen Dabo Sweeney, uh, Brent Venables came in and almost as part of that. Who was their offensive coordinator who who left as well? Tony Elliott. Same, yeah, Tony Elliott. Went. Yeah. Those two guys pretty much saved Dabo Sweeney's career at Clemson. And now... Perhaps Venables' replacement might not do as well on defense. I think Sweeney's job, I'm not saying it's hot seat for Dabo Sweeney, but I think he is tied in with how well DJ Uangalele does and with the talent that is behind him and what we're used to seeing with Clemson quarterbacks being given sort of two, three games and then they are replaced by the Deshaun Watsons, by the Trevor Lawrences. I think DJ's future is. He needs to start fast, he needs to start mm-hmm. hot, and he needs to hold on to it. Otherwise, he's he's gone. He's he's going to be replaced, and we'll see him transfer out. Because, they've, yeah. like you say, they've got Klubnik, and they've got Helms, and these two guys can, can play ball. And we haven't seen that from DJ last year. I mean, he only scored nine touchdowns and threw ten picks. They, they didn't surpass 27 points for average on game in the ACC, or just in total in the year. So, yeah, I, I think his leash is incredibly short. It is, yeah. Um, he struggled last year. There's no doubt about it. But uh, w- the offensive line, unfortunately, didn't help. Yeah, they didn't give up many sacks, but their overall pass protection was was poor last year, which then in turn affected Yurangalele's decision making. But they are all back this year, and hopefully they've they'll, they'll improve as a unit. Which who whichever quarterback is behind them will only benefit them. But Outside of the quarterback battle, shall we call it, and the offensive line improving, the only other slight concern I have is their secondary. Obviously, they've lost Andrew Booth and Mario Goodrich, who were their top two secondaries last year. They have got some guys coming in. Um, Andrew Wiggins and Fred Fred Davis uh, uh, are now there. They're in their second year, I believe. Um, But as a whole the guys who are replacing those two need to step up and do it quickly because obviously it's a whole new cornerback group now for them in terms of starters. 
that's the only other slight concern I have for Clemson. But I think they've got so much talent still on this roster everywhere else. Brees, um, Brian Brees and the defensive tackle is going to be probably the top tackle, defensive tackle in the class next year. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him go top 10 in the draft next year if he has another good year. Um, Joseph Nagate, the, the wide receiver, already spoke about Will Shipley. There's 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 a lot of talent still on this roster, and I think this is this is a this is about right for them at this stage. Their yep. schedule, I haven't had a look. At, let's see what their schedule is looking like because I think that will be a big indicator. Um, to be honest with you, it's a relatively it, it's a pretty good schedule for them this year. Obviously, they've got the in conference games: Wake Forests. Um, South Carolina, Miami. Obviously, they've got Notre Dame, who we spoke about earlier with Notre Dame. There's not really any games here that you are really concerning, to be honest with you. So, well, it's very got... much the same schedule as the Clemson of old. I said yes. Clemson of old. Like last year was an anomaly, really, for Clemson. And yeah, the, I would say so. We get into that point now. These top four teams, I guess maybe the top ten, but specifically these four teams we're going to be talking about there. The, the, the way they recruit and the talent they bring in, yes, they lose these star-studded names that we all know from the NFL draft and last season because they're seniors and we, we get to see them or, you know, juniors or whatever. But it's it's the people that we don't know, unless you are plugged into your recruiting and you know the fours and five stars and the people that have replaced the players that have gone. It won't be until we get closer to the season and, and starting lineups are announced and games are underway that we really know who the replacements for those talent is. And it's it's it, because of the, the grind of the war machine of college football, there's names that we're going to talk about in six months' times that we haven't even mentioned now. So when you are one of the bigger teams, yes, you lose talent, but you replace it just as fast. Yeah, definitely. So, Ash and the Clemson Tigers at four. At three, we have Tom's beloved Georgia Bulldogs. They had a 14-1 record last year. Obviously, ended up winning the Natty, beating <laughs> Alabama in the second game they had there. Well, Georgia three, Ash, before we get to... Do you think that's fair, sliding two from last year? Or do you think it's a bit of a coin toss at the moment for the top three regardless? I would say, yes, it is a coin toss, but you, they're probably also taking into account the changes at Georgia. Not only, no, no. obviously, the uh, was it, they've only brought back two or three of their starters from that defense last year, and most of them most of them were drafted in, first the, round. in the first round <laughs> this year. Um, and obviously, they've also got new coordinators as well, I believe. Um, offensive coordinators. No, defensive coordinators, sorry. So that defense that was so good last year, under Dan Lanning, not only have they pretty much lost everybody, they've also lost Dan Dan Lanning as well, who's gone to Oregon. Um, they've now got Will Muschamp and I can't remember the other guy's name, but again, like um, they've got co-defensive coordinators, but they're going to have a job on their hands. But I think they're probably here at three because of those changes. Now, I'm still not concerned about this defense at all because the backups that they had last year and the players that haven't left from last year are equally as good and will um, are replacing these guys with ease, in my opinion. Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle, was an all was an all SEC last year. 
and obviously he's back, so he's going to command that defensive, the front defensive line. Uh, Zion Logu and Tramar Walthour, um, the defensive tackle and defensive ends. Sorry, nose tackle and defensive end. They're going to they're going to easily place a, replace Devontae Wyatt and Trayvon Walker. So in terms of the players that are stepping in on that defense, despite the changes, the guys that were there as the backups last year and the and the the, the new youth, the new recruits coming in this year, I don't expect this defense to really miss a beat. To be honest with you, it really does depend on was this because of Dan Lanning? Was it how good his defense was, or was it the players? We're going to see that in the NFL this year with the with the, the guys that have gone into the NFL, but also with these new guys that are, that are, and the guys that are returning and obviously the new coordinators. Just so it's it's going to be a very interesting viewing on the defensive side. And then, of course, on the offensive side, Stetson Bennett is back. He gets a lot of, he gets a lot of disrespect um, compared yes. to, <laughs> compared to the quarterbacks around him, like Bryce Young, like CJ Stroud, like last year, we obviously have Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Stetson Bennett is viewed as a, a a piece in this offense, and I don't think that's fair because yes, he's probably not the most talented when you when you have those guys that I've just listed off, but he has shown that he is a more than capable quarterback that led this team to the national title, and that looked good, mm-hmm. especially in the second half of the season, and especially in that championship final game, he had an unbelievable game, and he's still not getting the reckon the recognition and he's got weapons there still this year that are gonna that are gonna perform for him and if not even better they've obviously brought in Eric Gilbert from LSU the the tight end who went everywhere before deciding on Georgia um and they've I mean they've got two tight ends Brock Bowers there as well is is (laughs) incredible tight end so yes that's that's a that's a brilliant double up that they've got there on the on tight ends that probably are going to be their key contributors on the uh on the on the receiving side of things and then they've got Kendall Milton the transfer from um Michigan at running back so he's still got the weapons there and there's still disrespect on him I just don't get it I, I think it's because Stetson Bennett is already penned in to be an accountant or yeah, some sort yeah, of structural true. engineer. Yeah. And he's just, he, he, people have branded him rightly or wrongly as not an NFL quarterback. And he is a college quarterback who happens to have found himself as a walk on at Georgia and has successfully won a national championship under one of the best defenses ever. And yeah. Kirby smart. And you're right. He it's, it's disrespect that we've, we we don't deserve to be seeing and Stetson Bennett certainly doesn't deserve to be on the end of but it's where we are in the world we live in unfortunately but yeah I I think the amount of players they've lost contributes to this ranking of three but I, it, it could well be the fact that the team the, the team was Dan the making of Dan Lanning perhaps and Dan Lanning used what he had at his disposal to, we could see the Georgia defense be exactly the same this year with with their new defensive coordinators. So it's going to yeah. be an interesting one. Ash, in a, I suppose not a twist of fate, you've managed to coup the Ohio State <laughs> Buckeyes at two. I know, I know. I didn't even realize that that was gonna that that was gonna play out that way. But yeah, Ohio State are currently at two. Obviously, last year they were eleven and two, finished eight and one in the Big Ten, and 
I fully see why that they are currently sat at number two because in the grand scheme of things, they really haven't lost that much from last year, especially on the I mean in particular on the offensive side of things. Yes, Chris Alave <laughs> and um and Wilson's and Wilson's gone, but you've still got Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison, Julian Fleming. We've bought, we've got the five the four star carry on Grays coming in at wide receiver as well. I, I, we're not going to miss Alave and and um, and Wilson. There's just we're not. CJ Stroud is obviously is there for 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 another year. Um, Trayvon Henderson, the fresh well freshman last year, he shown out as as everybody expected him to do in his freshman year. He's only going to get better. This yep. this this offense has absolutely no concerns, in my opinion. The, they've lost a few of the offensive line, but the backups there are probably, uh, I, I don't think are going to have much concern. I'm just, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I can, I can see why this ranking is, is, is it, is it too. The defense as a whole has to improve from last year. That was the, the issue that we had. It, it just, it just never really seemed to get going. Um, now we lost uh, we lost our linebackers obviously we've now got i think Eichenberg is going to be the starter along with um i'm not sure who's going to be the the outside the 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 defense needs work um we have got obviously a new defensive coordinator um that is Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State hopefully he can uh hopefully he can improve things because if our defense can get up to the level that our offense showed at times last year, this second spot will be justified. And and I would hope that we do see them at the national championship. Well, if, if your defense can get up to the level, of the offense, what equates to a 600 yard passing game on defense? Ash? Like what does, how many points <laughs> is that giving up when you're equating to 600 yards passing on? defense? Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That would be some a lot. <laughs> That that would be something to watch Ohio State put six hundred on someone and give absolutely nothing up. That would that would be nice, yeah. We'll see. Well, I, I mean, there's absolutely no chance of my team making the college football playoffs or winning the natty. So, I, I do hope Ash that your Buckeyes can can go all the way next year. I think Jim Knowles is going to make a is is going to make a massive difference. Obviously, Oklahoma State were one of the best defenses last year in college football. Yep. Just having him there will hopefully improve this unit that we've got here. We've brought in some some good freshmen. There's there are some good guys there. Zach Harrison, the the, the linebacker. I think he he can ho- hopefully he can take a step up. Jack Sawyer, the five star recruit from last year. Um, DJ Tualamalu, the defensive end, five star recruit. Both of those guys, five star recruits from last year. I mean, the talent is there. We just need the the leader. I think that, that because this defense shouldn't struggle like they have done at times. No, no, and like you say, I don't think they will if they get a leader. And I think Jim could could be that guy. I, talking of leaders, Ash, we move to number one. Obviously, yeah. the only team we haven't mentioned so far is Alabama. Yeah, they That's have true. a leader in, in Nick Saban, who's been in the news this week <laughs> with a little bit of hot water talking about yeah. recruiting and buying players and stuff. But it's to me, and I, I talked to Tom about this a little bit. It's it's pretty much Alabama's days of of being the 
the big player in availability and what they can offer players coming in in regards to facilities, training staff. Uh, this NIL's here now and other teams can do exactly the same thing. So Saban's just throwing his toys out the pram because his unfair advantage has somewhat been quashed is, is how I see it. But it, Alabama obviously lost to Georgia last year. 13-2 record, 7-1 in the SEC. They have a 79.3% chance to make the college football playoff, which is, it sounds like a big number, but I don't know what that, how that looks in previous years, Ash, but that sounds... sounds That's about where they sounds fair. Are. Yeah. yeah. It sounds oh. fair. When you, when you look at what's coming back, eight starters on defence, including possibly the best defensive footballer in college football, Will Anderson, leader in sacks and tackles for losses. Heisman winning quarterback, as we all know, Bryce Young. It's it, <clears throat> Alabama lose players and then there just happens, like I mentioned, to be somebody just as good stepping in. Yeah. But, they, they bring in Eli Ricks from LSU at cornerback, Georgia's leading receiver and Jermaine Burton, and, and Jameer Gibbs, Georgia Tech running back, transfers in as, as one of the best running backs in college football. So, yeah, it's just, it's mental. How they can replace... They pretty with... much, yeah, they pretty much replaced everything they, that they needed to replace from, from what they lost. Um, yeah. And the guys that that they have there that are going to be taking the step up. I think offensive line, you can maybe look at as, as an area to, not I would be concerned, but if you had to pick something out offensive line, obviously they lost Evan, Evan Neal and Chris Owens, the starting tackles from last year. But I mean, the guys that are, that are stepping in the, in their place, JC Laughlin was a five-star recruit last year. Um, they've got another five-star freshman, I believe Tyler Booker, who, who is an early enrollee who can probably push, Laugham for that starting right tackle job from day one. Now that he's in, he's in a year early, and like you say, they there is no real weak points here at all. Will Anderson is the best defensive player in in football. He probably needs one of his linebacker colleagues to step up to somewhere near his level because he is he he does pull that that linebacker group through a lot of games. Hopefully Henry Toto in his senior year can, can live up to the expectation that was, was on him early year. Now there was a lot of it and he hasn't, he he's performed Toto to a, to a good level, but I think more was expected from him. And he just take a little bit off of uh, Will Anderson to just help him more than anything, but there's just no, there's just really no weak points here. I mean, wide receiver, as you say, Georgia's top wide receiver, Jermaine Burton, has transferred over. They've got Ja'Cory Brooks. They've got JoJo Earl in his second year. Both him, both Brooks and Earl are, are obviously in their second years. I mean, yes, they're young and unproven, and there is no John Mechie, there's no Jameson Williams, there's no Slate Bolden, but these three new guys are just going to step in like nothing happened with Bryce mm-hmm. Young throwing them the ball. It's an unbelievable unit, as Alabama is every year. Jamar Gibbs is again one of the top running backs in college, and and he's now on one of the best rosters in college. So that's only going to help him. It's just, yeah, I, they, they're here for a reason, and <laughs> no one can really argue with that. Even even after what Georgia did last year, I think Alabama at the moment are are number one, and and they're number one for for a reason. Yep, I, I think. 
it, it is a coin toss between the top three, as I mentioned, but I think yeah. more often than not, that coin lands on Alabama at, at the moment. And we'll have to see what happens when when the pigskin is, is finally let What's loose again. Uh, well, let's have a look at, because we haven't looked at the schedule for Alabama or Ohio State. So before I, we... I seem to think Alabama's schedule is pretty cupcakey. So we'll do Ohio State as the second first. Obviously, we mentioned earlier they face week one, Notre Dame. That's a huge game. It's, an, it's, a, it's another year where we've got a massive game to start, which can dictate how our season goes. Obviously, Oregon last year, which we ended up losing. So we start with Ohio State. We've got an out-of-state against Arkansas State. Apart, barring that, obviously, the, it's all in-state, big, the Big Ten. So none of those are easy games. All of our three out-of-state games, out-of-conference games, are the first three games of the season, which is Toledo, Arkansas State, and, and Notre Dame. So, obviously, the Big Ten is always is always going to be a challenge. But Alabama's, uh, yeah, you're probably right there. They start at Utah State, Texas, which you spoke about earlier, LA, Monroe, and then obviously it's the SEC games, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Tennessee. I mean, it's Most, not cupcakes. Maybe it's cupcake not cupcake. Was... No, they got Austin P near the end as well. They're fortunate that they're at home for most of the big ones. Um, yeah, yeah, no real concerns there. Let's be honest. No. So that was it. That was that was the top ten, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, and we and we managed to squeeze it in. We although did, Ash, but... although Ash, yeah, quite rightly so. After the podcast last week. You asked me to try and think of a team that have been completely <laughs> neglected from the top 25, and I couldn't yeah. think of it until you told me, and then I just wanted to slap myself repeatedly, because yeah. how did I miss that? Well, Ash, who's missing from this list, and why are they missing? Yeah, so USC are not in ESPN's initial top 25. Now, that's not saying that they're not in anybody's, because they are in other people's, and they are quite high in some people's. I couldn't believe that they weren't in this and to be honest, that they weren't in the top 10. I think, yes, it's, it's a new head coach. It's a very changed team, but let's come on. I think. Do do we think that this article on ESPN has been written for some time? Somebody's made slight adjustments (laughs) up until published, has been published. And then somebody said, Hey John, what about USC? (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe. But yeah, it's crazy. I mean, for me, USC jumped straight into the top 10. And, and be, to be honest with you, I would have them. I'd be hard pressed not to put them above anybody outside of the top four. I, I could, I would quite comfortably put them in at five. Just on the, just on face value, just on what they brought in. Lincoln Riley is there as their head coach, what they already had there. I, yeah, I would. I mean, Drake London's gone. Drake da- Jackson, the linebacker's gone. But Jordan Addison replaces Drake Jordan, London. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then you've got Caleb Williams, Travis Dye. Who we spoke about earlier. I it mean, just yeah, goes on and on and on and on. I, yeah. I, they're five for me. If I was doing my own rankings, they're they're one hundred percent, and they're they're pushing Clemson. It's just the unknown at the moment that would that would keep me from putting them in the top four. I think the top three is is set at the moment, regardless of what order you want to put them in. 
Alabama, Ohio State and Georgia are the top three. And then there's maybe a few teams behind them that you can argue for that fourth spot. But USC, 100% in there. I couldn't believe when, I didn't, when, they, were, when they weren't in there. That's another reason why I picked it as well. Obviously, the fact it's ESPN, it's one of the big, it's one of the big uh, networks and the, the big, the big dogs in the game. And and the fact that USC went in there, I thought we had to, we had to get it. Come on, ESPN, what are you doing? <laughs> right, Ash, we are going to be covering some of the best players in college football in the coming week or yeah. two. Yeah, there's Heisman favourites. The odds are out. Where are these odds from, Ash? These are from the um, MGM. So the main, okay. I, I looked at, I looked at four or five of the of the biggest American betting places, and this is sort of the, this is whereabouts most of them are. the The only real changes are once you get to the the the, the guys that are 30, 30 plus, the the top the top four, are, uh, the top three in particular are pretty much. This is what their their current odds are. It's, it's it's always a quarterback battle, as we as yeah. we well know. It's very rare does, does a skill position win this. We're going to be talking about these players in great depth in the coming weeks, Ash. But we're going to do how many here? One, two, three, four, five, sixteen. Sixteen. Six. Yeah. Oh, there's a second page. All right, cool. I went I went uh, down to I, I did I did I did up to fifty to one odds because I think they've all they've all maybe Bob. There's probably a couple in there that are a bit long shot, but they're all they all deserve a, a mention, especially some of the ones that are a bit lower down. So I thought I'd chuck them all in there. But we're we're not going to go into any details, listeners, on these because, as I say, we're going to do our top fifty or however many players it is in in the next week or two. So just wanted to get what the current Heisman favourites are, and maybe when we do those top fifties, we can have a have a look at what the latest odds are because they may have changed. Yeah, I like that. So shall I just read this list out, Ash, and then we yeah. can. So. How many did you say, Ash? 16? Mm-hmm. 16. Okay, yeah. so at 16, and one of my favourites, if you like a long shot bet, is Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's 50 to 1. If a wide receiver's going to win it, he's got just as good a chance as anybody else, in my opinion. And, you know, 50 to 1 is pretty good. Will Anderson Jr., the Alabama linebacker, is also 50 to 1, but linebackers don't win it. So, sorry, <laughs> Will. He had a shout to win it last year, let's be honest. Yeah. AR-15, Anthony Richardson, Florida's quarterback, is also 50-1. to Jarek Broussard? Broussard. Jarek Broussard, Michigan's running back, 50-1. to Yeah. Keaton Slovis is, is Pittsburgh's quarterback. He is also 50-1. to Trayvon Henderson, the Buckeyes running back, also 50-1. to Quinn Ewers at 40-1, to Texas's potential quarterback starter. And if he doesn't start, can he win the Heisman if you don't play every game? <laughs> Let's see about that. Spencer Rattler is still in the Heisman list after last year. South Carolina's new quarterback is 40 to 1. Oklahoma's new quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, is also 40 to 1. I don't hate that. Now we come to our highest skill position player, that is Bijan Robinson, Texas running back 35 to 1. Jackson Jackson, Jackson Dart. Old yeah. Miss quarterback, 30-1. to one. one of my favourite players for the upcoming season, Tyler Van Dyke. Miami's quarterback is also 30-1. to one. Surprisingly, DJ Iwangalalele is 25-1. to one. And if you don't know who he is, he is the Clemson quarterback. Caleb Williams. So USC might not have made ESPN's top 25, but they've made the top three of the Heisman favourites. Caleb Williams, USC quarterback, is 12-1. to one. Surprisingly, Bryce Young comes in second. 
Alabama's yeah. quarterback, if you have been living under a rock and only listened to the last eight minutes of this podcast, he's <laughs> he's four to one. And your boy, CJ Stroud, Buckeyes quarterback, five to two. So if you if you were to look back at last episode's um doc, Bryce Young was the favourite. This has changed this week that CJ Stroud wow, is now okay. the favourite. They they've essentially so CJ Stroud was, I think, three to one. And Bryce Young was five to two, and it's now and it's now uh, it's now flipped. I'm just having a look at it now. Uh, yeah, so Bryce Young was two to one. CJ Stroud was seven to two. Caleb Williams ten to one, and it's now so obviously Bryce Young has doubled. Yeah, wow. Uh, it's just, don't know why. I've not seen anything to tell me why that that, that Bryce Young's odds have doubled and CJ Stroud's now the favourite. But yeah, maybe Saban. Has obviously made enemies everywhere, <laughs> and Bryce Young's odds have uh, has been affected. But I mean, probably worth putting putting a bit of money on it if that's the case. Yeah, definitely uh, four to one. It did Bryce Young win it last year, Ash? Yes. Has anyone ever won back to back Heisman trophies? Let's have a look. For those on the audio version, Ash is now feverishly typing into his computer. I don't. I don't think so. Oh, t- it's only ever been done twice. Yes, this is the kind of stat we like here at uh, Five Yard College. Who who was it? Archie, Archie Mason Griffin is the um, was the first. Give me a give me a proper. <laughs> it's like I, I've seen it's him, but now I'm a bit. Uh, um, he was Ohio State running back, 1974 and 1977, and he is the first and to date only player to take home the Heisman back Twice. to back. Wait, He's, he did it when? He he did it back to back in 74-75. I'm pretty uh, sure you said 74-77, which is why I questioned. When sorry, 74-75, yeah. Is he wow, the only but... one to win it twice as well? Well, I mean, yeah. it, the likelihood is if you win it twice, you win it back to back. Because I'm assuming you join yeah, the NFL course. after that. Yeah, yeah, he's the only one to uh, he's the only one to win it twice. So yeah, but um, Young could uh, could well do that. Well, how good would that be? Yeah, that would be something for us to see in our lifetimes because it's obviously very, <laughs> very rare. Ash, as it's we mentioned, that they. Uh... Sorry, I was just going to say it's not often that the Heisman winner stays around, though, is it? That's that's no. one of the uh, that's one of the reasons you don't often see a back to backer. I wonder what percentage of quarterbacks who win the Heisman go on to declare for the NFL draft or are in the NFL draft the following. Shall I season? add that to my uh, my transfer and start in the NFL from last week? You are going to be able to write a short book of all these interesting tidbits so, from what was it? QBs to win the Heisman. And then declare like what percentage? percentage. That's really interesting. Cool. All right. I'll if you are a, if you are a regular listener of Five Yard College, you will know that past the hour mark, Ash and I start to talk about nonsense. <laughs> <when it gets laughs> and that's when we know it's time to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, we are blessed this week. Rob has been feverishly working away in the video editing suite and has provided us with a little outro video so i will be playing that at the end of the podcast if you are new to listening welcome to five Yard college we appreciate you and 
if you're watching, don't forget to hit the like, subscribe and bell button so you know when Ash and I are pinging up on your broadcast devices, whether you be streaming us to your 55-inch tellies or watching us on your commute home. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts because without you, we couldn't be doing this, right, my man? Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it is all down to you guys. And, and, and we enjoy it and we're, we're glad that, that you guys enjoy it and let us carry on doing this. Exactly, exactly that. So, Ash, enjoy the. Uh, what are we doing? Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll talk to you about that later on. Enjoy yeah. the rest of your week, my man, Rush Nation. Don't forget to head over to the website. There's articles dropping at a ferocious rate over there right now. There's writers from, I don't know, the four corners of the universe, it appears. So, content is absolutely flying out. The Dynasty ranks, I know this isn't a fantasy pod, but the Dynasty ranks will be coming out very, very soon once WordPress sorts its life out. But until then, Rush Nation, Saturdays are for rushing too. entitled to sexual health just as much as physical and mental health we want to make it easier for folks to find resources however they engage with us there's no wrong door so it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming talking about what their sex life is about their concerns and to make sure they're healthy do it for them do it for you montgomery county your sexual health matters visit doitforyoumc.org Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.